Are you tired of putting yourself last? Of taking care of everybody else's needs and powering through to meet the next set of impossible standards? In our fast-paced society, we lose touch with our intrinsic worth, with the ability to value ourselves for who we are right now. Instead of living life exhausted, frustrated, and disconnected from your authentic self, maybe it's time to put yourself back in the life you've worked so hard to create. Join radio host and life choreographer Laura Cheadle and learn how to build your dreams and live your sparkle using the five steps of flaunt. Find your fetish, laugh out loud, accept unconditionally, navigate the negative, and trust in your truth. Hello, welcome to Flaunt, Build Your Dreams and Live Your Sparkle. You know, it's so easy to sparkle when we feel good. It's so easy to sparkle when everything is going right and life is perfect. But as you may or may not have experienced, life doesn't work out that way. I know it's really frustrating, but it seems like once you get one thing under control, something else falls apart. And then you get that thing under control and something else falls apart. And then pretty soon, it's like 10 years have gone by and all you've done is managed yourself. And then that can be frustrating. Then that can be depressing. And then big things like cancer or MS or a whole bunch of big scary things happen. And it's easy to fall into that cycle of feeling depressed, of giving up. Well, I am here today to talk to you about not only not giving up, but about healing and about thriving and about being happy no matter what is going on. Now, as you know, if you've been my listener for a while, we do a lot of work around happiness. We do a lot of work around joy but we also do a lot of work about around healing. My guest today is Jenny Mannion, and she healed herself in three weeks of seven years of chronic disease. Three weeks after managing this for seven years. Now, as you might imagine, this really ignited her passion to help others, which is exactly what she does, and which is why she is on my show today. So we can talk about healing, and you can think about ways perhaps you might be interested in bringing healing into your life. She's an intuitive healer, a mind-body mentor, and she really inspires people to create the kinds of lives they desire, which dovetails perfectly with my mission to build your dreams and live your sparkle. Jenny has seen clients heal from depression, cancer, MS, a whole variety of challenges. She's been on uh, PBS's The Whitney Reynolds Show, if you've ever seen that, as well as many different radio shows. She's released her signature course, an online community, Embracing Bliss, which helps people step into their power and create the life they desire within a supportive environment. And as you members of the Flaunt Flock know, supportive environments are so important. Jenny knows life is meant to be easy and lived in health on all levels, and she loves to share tools on how to make this a reality in your life. So I know you're excited to talk and to learn more, and so am I. So with that, welcome to the show, Jenny. 
Thanks so much for having me here. I'm so excited to speak with you. Oh, uh, likewise, likewise. Okay, let's go right to the pain point here. Poor health, feeling bad. That derails a lot of people, doesn't it? Sure does. Uh, pain is very um, attention-seeking, you know? It definitely <laughs> grabs our attention, and it can be really hard to let go of that pain. So yes. it really is that conscious mind that can help us move past it, but it has to be that conscious decision to allow any alternative reality in. You know, I like that you said that because yes, it is attention seeking, but we do have to decide to let it in. Just like with anything else in our lives, we have to consciously choose things. And I know there's listeners out there who are probably thinking, I did not choose my pain. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say to people who are sitting there thinking or driving home and thinking, I didn't choose my pain. What are you talking about? Yeah, well, I would have said the same thing. You know, I was sick for seven years. I definitely repeated that message. I didn't choose this. Why is this happening to me? But I know that when I was diagnosed with you know, four different diseases, I really became a lot of the symptoms and I focused my attention on those symptoms. So my legs hurt, were chronically in pain. So I focused on that pain and I call myself a recovering perfectionist. I know that there were aspects of that part of my personality that contributed, did contribute to myself being sick because I did was a people pleaser and wanted to keep my family happy and friends happy and, and everyone around me happy and my house looking a certain place and a certain way. And there were just a lot of pressures that I was putting on myself and a lot of judgment I was putting on myself. And I think the universe at some point was like, you know what, you know, you're going to have some time to think about this stuff. And, yeah. um, you know, the, the manifestation of pain made it hard for me to do anything. And I was kind of left alone with my thoughts. And isn't that enlightening when that happens? You know, when you're actually alone and quiet, how much comes up? Yeah. And, you know, it was seven years before the happy thoughts came in, really. I mean, it was very much trusting traditional medicine, you know, and the doctors and whatever they were telling me. And it can be very limiting when you're hearing these diagnoses. And that has been, it's been very interesting. Or I don't know if you know, like, January 1st, my mom got diagnosed with stage four cancer this oh, year. And I'm so sorry. talk about using my 12 years of working with cancer clients as well as my own journey to heal. But I'm happy to say she is healing. It's what, six, seven weeks later, the growth has, has, has uh, shrunk by more than half. And oh, she's good. off oxygen and off all pain medications and she's healing. I am so glad to hear that. Congratulations to both of you for walking that path. Thank you. And it was, you know, some of the stuff she has divulged to me was stuff she kept in for, you know, 69 years she's been on this planet, painful stuff from childhood. And I do feel that was part of the healing, you know, to be able to go to those dark places and shine that light and love ourselves regardless. So yes. Heal, heal that stuff. Yes, absolutely. Um, I fully believe and know to be true that disease is not only um, the result of physical things that sometimes right. we get in the way, but also of just like you were saying, the emotional baggage, the direction of our thoughts, all of that. 
So let's go into some of those uh, seven years that you were sick. What were some of the things that you were diagnosed with? First, it was chronic mono. So they always found the Epstein-Barr virus in my blood. So I felt like I had mono. We were the flu, worst case of the flu, most days of those seven years. Then it was fibromyalgia. So the diffuse body pain and kind of body pain would move around a lot, although it was mostly focused in my legs. Then it was a genetic blood disorder, factor five Leiden. And when they told me that, they also said I was much more likely to get a blood clot. And I promptly manifested one of those in my legs within a month of being told that. I was in the yeah. hospital for, I think, four or five days. And then the last was the most, I guess, dire and kind of pessimistic was uh, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, hypermobility, which they said because the pain was mostly in my legs. And this was in my like mid to late mid thirties, they said I would probably be in a wheelchair almost as soon as a year. Oh, that's stunning. And you know, everything is, I'm hoping the listeners felt this as you were listing every diagnosis, what was going through my head was just that, oh, limiting thought, limiting thought, limiting thought. She will feel this. I bet she felt that way. Ooh. And then when you said wheelchair in a year, all of those thoughts came in and I'm not sure the experience the listeners had, but I'm hoping that as you were listening to those, you thought about the negative (laughs) (laughs) because I think that's what we do. And I think raising the awareness of you say that and your mind goes negative and then you do start manifesting whatever it is that you should have. Absolutely. And I have to say, Laura, uh, you know, I've been saying the last 12 years, what my ideal, you know, ideally in the medical profession, what I would love to see is doctors saying, not giving death sentences, you know, not giving these grim prognoses, but saying, you know what, in a lot of cases, this happens, but, you know, and in my mom's experience, I have not experienced any, there's been no, you know, death, you know, no talk of that. There has been only like talk of, you know, what science says that you have a limited time, but we've seen that spiritual work helps. We've seen that positivity helps. We've seen that exercise helps. Mm -hmm. So it's been pretty mind boggling for me to see things are shifting. Yes. Isn't that amazing? And the power of our mind, I'd kind of like to move into that next because it's my guess that you do a lot of mindset shifting work (laughs) for yourself and your clients. What are some of the ways that you have found you are able to really shift that mindset from doom and gloom to, oh, here are some of the things that can help? It's definitely that self-awareness and listening to our self-talk is so important because a lot of times we don't even hear how we're speaking. We're repeating maybe how a parent spoke to us or how a teacher or a failed relationship spoke to us. And we're not even really hearing the messages, but we're feeling them, you know, and our energy is reflecting them. So mindfulness is really the first important thing to, you know, even if you're during the day you're driving, ask yourself, Hey, where's my thoughts? Where have I been the last 10 minutes? You know, in the shower, you know, there are these little windows of time we have, and it'd be wonderful if we could all meditate for hours a day. That's usually not the case, but there's these little windows of time that are really so, so primed for us to tune in when we're just waking up in the morning, in the shower, when we're going to sleep, if we're commuting somewhere, these are little windows of time where 
it's pretty important the messages we're sending ourselves and it's usually not positive. So yes. to tune in in the morning, am I saying, oh, I don't really want to get up and this is going to happen. You know, are we, are we setting ourselves up to say, you know what, I'm inviting something in that's great today. I woke up. You know, there's yes. sun outside. I had a comfy bed. You know, whatever it is, gratitude is a major component in healing. Yes, it is. Now, how did that work for you? Because you had a lot of stuff going on physically, a lot of diagnoses layered on top of that, a lot of thoughts around probably what you were supposed to feel. And it sounds like being the people pleaser perfectionist that you were, you, if they said you were going to feel them, you were going to feel them. How did you originally start making that shift into positive thoughts? Was it a light switch or was it something that you practiced over time? How, how did that come to pass? There were two things that really helped. The first was I met a girlfriend, like because a lot of your friends fall away when you're sick. You're not fun anymore. You can't do anything. You know, so I met a new woman that came into my life. We had kids the same age. Our sons were about the same age. And we really connected. And I refused a lot of pain pills. I refused it. I always did. I never went on antidepressants. I really wanted to know how my body was feeling. And I was very afraid of addiction, having grown up in New York City and seen plenty of it. Uh-huh. But when I met this friend, I was like, you know what? I'll take a pain pill so that I can go for a walk, you know, and really helped me remember who I was because we get into all these roles. I'm wife, I'm mom, I'm daughter that can't, you know, do enough. I'm friend that doesn't show up. You know, we get into these roles and then we, we insult ourselves on them or criticize, critique ourselves on them, especially if we're sick, we feel guilty, you know, that we can't be there, show up the way we want to show up. So doing those walks with my friend was real, and her name is Angela, so Angel was right in there, you know, so that was a beautiful experience, and I think those walks opened me up for another friend had recommended the movie The Secret, and seeing that, just, it showed me two major things. It showed me that I was not focusing on gratitude, that I was Mm -hmm. focusing on everything wrong, you know, am I going to be able to get up today? Am I going to be able to drive my kids today? You know, all these limiting thoughts. Yes. And that our body is always 99.9% new every 11 months. So where we put our thoughts helps those cells form. So if I'm laying in bed saying, ow, my legs, I'm so upset my legs are hurt and are sick. I'm really not giving my body an opportunity to heal. Right. Right. So those two things were really contributed to after I saw the movie, The Secret, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to doctors for a little while. You know, I'll go to my, you know, necessary appointments, but I'm not going to where they just look at me pitifully, you know, and want to run more tests. I'm going to dive deep into this. I was a psychology major. So it's something hit me there that, you know what? I haven't gone this route. I've gone to chiropractors. I've gone to naturopaths, which had me on 30 vitamins a day. You know, I've gone to all these other ways But I haven't gone the mind route. And even if it, I didn't really know I could heal myself because that was never given to me as a possibility, but I knew I hadn't done that and that maybe I could make myself feel better, a little bit better. I like that. And, and just with the possibility of feeling a little bit better, I think that is something that people can grab onto. Um, You know, whether it's people listening right here, right now, or whether it's just my own self in my own life, I know that sometimes when I look at the gap between sickness and wellness, you know, poverty and abundance, happiness and misery, whatever that gap is, sometimes if it's so large, it does feel overwhelming. So I like that you said, just, can I feel a little bit better? 
because that's reachable, that's accessible. And that was my mantra, like every day, like every day I'm learning more and more about healing, you know, and instead of saying I'm healed where, you know, my subconscious would have been like, yeah, right. You know, <laughs> and that would not have worked, but to say something like every day I'm working on my healing, that's all I can do. You know, every right. day I'm, I'm either watching two and a half hours of Wayne Dyer on intention, or I'm reading Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, you know, or I'm reading Eckhart Tolle or you know, watching something inspirational, I was really focused on how can I change my mind and shift my attention from what is wrong to the possibilities, you know, and what there is to be grateful for right in this moment. That's, yeah, that's so powerful. And then you said you pretty much healed yourself in three weeks. Tell, tell us what that, what that means and what that looked like. What happened over those three weeks? So over those three weeks, I did dive into a lot of mind, body, spirit stuff. Deepak Chopra is a favorite because he combines Eastern and Western medicine. Uh, really just an intention. Wayne Dyer was a big one too. Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now. Really dove into focusing on those things because when I was sick, I actually got a book that said like basically living with chronic illness. And it told me to have a funeral for my old self because I would never be that person again. Oh my so gosh. You can find <laughs> You can kind of find books that are reflecting you, you know, and where you are. Um, so I was just like, I'm going to watch videos. You know, I'm going to dive into some books. There are a lot of free material. There's so many free materials online. You could watch you endless YouTube videos. True. And every day it was just a conscious effort. I'm going to do this for a bit, you know, and I'm really going to watch my mind and, in, in the morning when I woke up, instead of focusing on my legs, I would focus on my little finger. I'd focus on my ear. You know, I'd focus on a part of me that didn't hurt and be oh. grateful for that part. Oh, I love that. And what I want to point out too is I know you do, you know, some paid work and, and I do paid work. And there's a lot of things that people can purchase that they yes. can. You oh, know, yeah. Where, yeah. Where we've put it all together. But for people who might not have resources, just like you said, there's endless YouTube videos. We, ha we have libraries, you know, there's yeah. so many free resources where people can at least start. Exactly. And I just, I threw that in because I don't want people to feel like that's a limit because I know if you've been chronically ill, you know, there can be some monetary restrictions. So I don't want there to be any restrictions, you know, there there are free resources to get you started. And yeah, does working with a coach maybe take you a little deeper? Yes, yes. Of course. <laughs> but there are ways to get started today. You know, yes. you don't have to wait. Yes. And I don't know about you, but I also, when I work with people, sometimes I find it more beneficial when they have already read my book, when they have already yes. dipped their toes into this. And then, then we can go even further faster. Absolutely. I yeah. totally agree. It's that like opening an eye being like, wait, you know, I'm kind of remembering things. I'm kind of feeling like I can step into this and it's not gonna, you know, it's safe. I mean, that's the hardest part is we get comfortable in our, our comfort zone, even if it's very uncomfortable, you know, and yes. change can really just bring on resistance. It brings on our past wounds. It brings on all these feelings of lack of self-worth but if we're loving to ourselves and just take it one step at a time, you know, one step, I'm going to watch one positive video today. I'm going to listen to how I'm talking to myself today. I'm going to try to 
give gratitude for, you know, something in my life or someone or an aspect of myself really can be these baby steps. But once you start taking them, you do see things shift and it gives you that confidence to move forward and be excited to move forward. Yes, absolutely. And you did this for yourself and now you do this with clients as well. Yeah, it's led me on on this journey. Uh, after I healed myself, I wanted to shout it from the rooftops, you know, like, yes. you heal, you know, and I'd been in support groups that weren't so supportive, honestly, Laura. They were, you know, some of them were pity parties, you know, they yes. were people one-upping the, each other about how bad their life was, and I really didn't get much inspiration from them. So I went back into these support groups and I was not met with open arms <laughs> at all, you know, and I was like, okay, well, how do I do this? So I wrote an ebook and learned about how to get my word out there online. So it was blogging. And for me, blogging about mind body connection, it resonated so deeply because it was keeping me in it. You know, it was keeping me finding out more and more information and through that, that introduced reconnected feeling to me and introduced Akashic record reading and all these tools that resonated deeply and that I wanted to learn. Yes. Yes. And what I want to validate about you and all of these tools, and, and I'm, it's my guess that many of our listeners are in the same boat. There are things that I would just seek out because I was curious about. And some things, I, I too loved reconnective healing. I too love the Akashic Record readings. But there are sometimes things and modalities that I would happen on and I would just think, eh, not so much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's not a failure. It's, no, it's not. Yeah, it's like, let's look out there and let's see what's amazing and what works for me. And something might really work for me, but it might not work for somebody else. And it doesn't mean that it doesn't work. It's just, it's like, do you like chocolate or vanilla or strawberry? We're all different. Yeah. And it's, it's so beautiful that there are so many modalities because everyone is different and not everyone is going to resonate with the same coach or healer. And yeah, on this journey, like to just, I mean, I was like more, 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 <laughs> you know, I became a healer and was like, oh, I'm a healer now, you know, I'm in a niche. No, <laughs> like there's, you know, thousands of modalities and stuff. And it was so exciting. It's still exciting. You know, I'm still always learning. And I just figure like, I always tell my clients, I'm going to throw a bunch of tools at you and you take the ones that resonate with you. I'd rather you have a big toolbox, you know, and pick from it. And six months later, something else might resonate you know, but just to enjoy the journey and make, make it fun because I just did write a post about like how the spiritual journey sometimes can be a little harsh too, because we get self-critical. Haven't I been through that already? Like, didn't I learn that lesson? Uh, Let me take five more courses and read 10 more books, you know? So really there's also this importance of enjoying life, that affirmation, like, what do you love to do? What brings you joy? You know, whether it's singing in the kitchen, you know, or, you know, cooking a nice meal or a nice bubble bath or whatever it is, like just really embracing life too as it is, is pretty important. That is so true because healing and shifting your mindset, although it is positive, it is work to a certain extent because it does take some time and some energy. And I, I like that you brought it back to, we also have to enjoy ourselves because we do. Absolutely. And it can be messy. You know, healing isn't necessarily, you don't wave a magic wand. I mean, even in my clients I've had that have healed, say, from late stage cancer after like a session or two with me energetically, 
that's not the end of the work. That's wonderful that your energy was ready to shift, but it's that mind work that's really important to keep you from getting sick again. So, I mean, we're going to be on this journey forever, uncovering layers, but yet knowing that we're safe, you know, mm -hmm. affirming to the world, you know what, I am safe on this journey. And you know what, I'm going to blow off some steam today and have some fun and go for a walk with a girlfriend or do something that really brings me joy because that affirms you are safe on this planet and want to be here. Mm -hmm. No, that is true. Okay. You just mentioned working with some, you know, clients with stage four cancer. Do people have to be a certain level of sick to work with you or do you work with everybody from, you know, hang nails to cancer? Yes. And I don't work just with physical ailments. I work with people with say, you know, they're, they're, they're in a challenge in a relationship or they just want to be happier, but don't know quite how to get there. You know, happy is, seems like a distant dream, but mm -hmm. there are areas of their life they know ne they need to change. So, I mean, I have worked with people from, you know, that have depression or mild anxiety or you know, their life just is not presenting. It's not reflecting how they want it to be. Yes. And you know, for the most part, I think that is almost everybody on the planet. <laughs> you know, I, I, there's, there's a lot of similarities in our work, which I think is lovely because we do, we solve the same problem in a very different way. And I think that is so important, but most of us were raised in a culture by a family, you know, with religious beliefs, political beliefs in a certain part of the world. And we have this image of the way things should be. And then we move into the world and that image of the way things should be doesn't always match because the rest of the world was raised by different people in different cultures with different ideas. And it can sometimes just be frustrating to live and we don't exactly know why. Absolutely. And as people, you know, a lot of times people do want to please other people and fit in. And if you don't have that self-worth and self-love, it becomes very difficult to live your truth and yes. to be different. Yes. And that fitting in, you know, when you mentioned the support groups with pity parties, I think that is so true because sometimes we all want to be, mis we want to be miserable because everybody else around us is miserable. And we want a divorce because our friends are having a divorce and we want, you know, a disease because our friend has it and they're getting great attention. And it's, it's psychology is weird. The mind is interesting and being able to step back and notice those things, I think really would be invaluable. It is, it is priceless. And to, that love of yourself through your humanness, you know, if you're able to, you know, now if something comes up, you know, cause I'm always going to be growing and learning, you know, when something comes up to be able to kind of giggle at myself, you know, instead of beating myself up about something, Oh, this, Oh, here's this again. Here's another opportunity for this, you right. know, um, to really just love ourselves enough to know if we have a self-sabotaging behavior, it's because it protected us somehow. You know, it, it gave us some kind of comfort, otherwise it wouldn't be in place. So really loving that, you know, loving that part of us that protected us, but knowing that there's a healthier way to deal with things. There's a healthier way to, to support ourselves. And yeah, not maybe diving into that pint of ice cream or, you know, shopping addiction or whatever it is, but knowing that we can fulfill ourselves and fill ourselves with love 
but it just takes like a relearning and a retraining of the brain of things to go to. So you go to that quickly instead of falling back on the self-sabotage. Right. And you know, within the moment, it might feel like that takes a long time to make those shifts. But when you look at those numbers, just for you, seven years versus three weeks, three weeks isn't, isn't that long. I mean, in the throes of it, I'm sure it felt like, oh, this is going on forever, but it's not that hard. It's not that hard. And I think you do start to feel the shifts pretty consistently. Like if you're waking up every day and in the shower, you're setting intentions for the day or doing gratitude or being present and allowing that water to really clean you and imagine negativity going down the drain. Like if you start implementing a little of this every day, I think within a few days, you're going to start feeling shifts. And that's, I think I felt that, you know, I didn't know I could heal, but I knew that I was feeling better. It definitely felt like I was waking up more rested instead of that, I'm not sleeping because I'm going to bed saying all the ways I failed my family that day, you know, and worrying about how I'm going to feel the next day, instead switching it to going to bed, feeling grateful for the, you know, what I, I, maybe I couldn't run after my kids today, but I read to them in bed and that was a beautiful thing, you know, and I, you know, maybe I can't, you know, just letting myself off of the hook for the things that I was beating myself up about. Uh Uh-huh. Really grateful for for what I had. And you do start to feel the shifts pretty quickly. Yes. And that's important. I want to um, shift, speaking of shifts, shift gears a little bit. And I want to walk you through the five steps of flaunt and get your take on them. And what I think is kind of magical is you've already mentioned doing something that you love and laughter, which are the first two steps of flaunt. (laughs) Uh, just to recap for people who might be new to my show, FLAUNT is an acronym and it stands for find your fetish, which is finding that thing that you love to do and that you want to do no matter what. L is for laugh out loud. AU is for accept unconditionally. N is for navigate the negative and T is trust in your truth. So Jenny, we've already talked a little bit about, you know, the importance of doing something that you love and, you know, taking the walk or whatever for you, what, what are your fetishes? What are the things that you just look forward to and can't wait to do and that light you up? I love nature. (laughs) That is like my number one. I love being outside in nature. There's a park right across the street from my house. I love taking walks with my love. You know, we, we just took, you know, a few mile walk yesterday was the first nice day in upstate New York in a little while. Um, So yeah, nature heals me. Writing heals me and, Mm -hmm. you know, just fulfills me, makes, brings me joy and dance. I guess those are probably the top three along with time with people that I really love. Exactly. And then do you make room consciously and intentionally for those things in your life every day? Or do you struggle sometimes to give yourself the gift of being outside or walking or dancing? I've gotten better at all of them except the dancing. (laughs) So, and that's actually been a question recently is how am I going to invite more dance? And I just scheduled a girl's night out Saturday. So we'll be dancing. So when I do things, really being like, okay, you know, how can I invite this into my life? 
uh, you know, not as easy to dance every day the way I like, you know, and I do like to dance with other people. I've done the classes online. Doesn't really fill the same thing in me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, inviting that in, but writing energy where energy is another thing. I love feeling energy and that's something that I have to do every day. Like I know that it fills mm -hmm. me. Um, yeah. And outside, absolutely. Walks daily, you know, when weather permitting, which now it's weather permitting every day. So good. absolutely. Good, good, good. And then, then the next letter is L, which stands for laugh out loud. And I know you talked about, you know, letting yourself off the hook and laughing at your own mistakes. When life is difficult, you know, your mom got the diagnosis, um, something happens. Do you have a go-to laughter thing that just helps shift your perspective? How, how do you find your way back into a place of grace and laughter? It definitely is. I will look for inspirational things online to watch. I will watch, I'll watch like America's Got Talent. I'll watch funny dog and cat videos. I sent a bunch of those to my mom as she was healing. You know, things that really let my mind kind of go for a little bit and just embrace inspiration, embrace laughter, embrace, you know, that life is, can be fun here. And also I love my, my, uh, my boyfriend and I love playing board games. We're very big on board games. So that's always a good way too to just, yeah, bring myself to the present moment, have some fun and love playing board games with friends too. That's always a ton of laughs. So yeah, I have a few, you know, few hobbies that I love to do as well as just, okay, I need to recenter myself. You know, worrying isn't going to help me right now. Yeah. And I definitely, I do acknowledge going to emotions to acknowledge them. My mom got diagnosed with stage four cancer. Of course, there's going to be a little worry that creeps in there, yeah. you know, but not being overcome by them, you know, not letting it rule my world but saying, you know what, for these 10 minutes, I am going to think about this and I am going to be sad. But after that, I'm going to do something good, you know, positive for myself. Right. So bringing myself back to laughter. Good. And that moves nicely into the accept unconditionally because there's that tension between what is and what you feel and the negativity and the positivity, because getting a diagnosis of any kind is not fun. And, you know, some people say you can't, you can't ignore what is. And it's like, no, you can't ignore what is, but you also can't focus on it. And then sometimes, you know, you can go round and round in your mind or with other people. How do I stay positive? Because this is reality. It's just rose-colored glasses. No, but I can stay positive. You know what I mean? There's that back and forth. And I just want to hear a little bit about your journey of accepting unconditionally. How are you able to look at some of these diseases or feelings or emotions and accept unconditionally that maybe at this point in time, your body has manifested disease, but still look to the positive and still create that new body that is possibly disease-free. How do you accept unconditionally and balance all of that? Well, I know that looking back at, you know, my own illness, I would have said at the time it was my greatest, you know, challenge, my greatest hardship 
And now I think it was my greatest gift. We tend to judge things. We're always looking, oh, that's good, that's bad, you know, but to really look at things and be like, we don't know, you know, we don't know the fullness of this. Everything has, can have those positive and negative aspects to it. It really is like, where is my attention going? Where is my focus going? It was very natural for me, of course, to worry about my mom. She's one of my best friends too, not just my mom. Um, But again, allowing myself to worry and going there, but knowing, of course, I'm worried about her because I love her. You know, it's how you look at it too. Like worry, worry. Oh, I could worry that she's not getting the best care or worry about this or worry about that. There's no, if we go down that rabbit hole, there's no end to where we can go. But to acknowledge the worry and say, well, why am I feeling worry? Well, I'm feeling worry because I love my mom and I want her to be here with me a whole lot longer, you know, and stage four cancer has this scariness about it because we've been taught that, you know, so to look at that and be like, you know what though, my mom has had had a couple of people really um, uh, not be trustworthy for her last year. And for me to see that and understand that, you know, and to look at that and be like, healing is body, mind, and spirit, you know? So really understanding that, what can we do for the body? What can we do for the mind? And what can we do this for the spirit to really just move us into that place of it's okay. You know, everything's okay. Usually not in this moment, we're not under uh, duress, you know, nothing's going to happen in this moment to us the more we bring us ourselves to the present moment, the more we can accept things and just be with it. And those emotions that we need to process, process them, not push them down, but also not let them overcome us so that we're like in bed with the blanket over our head, not wanting to get out of bed in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Because earlier you said something about like, you know, I'll give myself 10 minutes to think about it. And I, I love that tip and I love that technique. And that's something that, you know, I too will allow myself the space to be neurotic, to be sad, to be, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is. And then be like, and now I, and then have my go-to, you know, like you mentioned the cute animal videos or pull yourself out and move. Right. Right. Because you're not, you're focusing that energy. Emotions are there because they are signals about how we feel. So denying them and pushing them down only will create energy blockages. We really don't want to do that either. If you're walking around, like I know some people get on the law of attraction fix and they're like, oh, I have to be happy all the time. Well, you know what? That's not real life. And emotions are going to come up. They're meant to be processed. You know, you're not going to manifest horrible things if these thoughts go through your head, but pushing them down doesn't help. You know, it more pushes it into your energy body. If we're able to process the emotions and show ourselves love for them, of course I'm sad because, you know, I have some worry around this, you know, it's all right for, for me to worry for a little bit and give ourselves permission to feel those things instead of judging ourselves on them. Right. Yeah. Because if you are on a law of attraction kick or any other kind of a positivity thing too, if you think about it in terms of I'm attracting healthy processing by processing healthily. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, good. Let's feel it and process it. <laughs> I love that. So the next uh, letter is N for navigate the negative. I am a big believer in navigation. 
that there's no end point, that we don't just get a diagnosis and it's all over. We don't just get married and it's all wonderful. Life is a series of twists and turns and we have to navigate all the time. And like you said, your illness was not necessarily negative. It was a gift. And I agree with that fully. And I would love to hear if you have any tips for navigating things that sometimes some people would label as negative. I think it really helps to bring ourselves into gratitude for that. First of all, and gratitude helps kind of bring us back to that present moment where not everything in our life is bad. You know, we can have one thing happen and suddenly we feel like we're falling apart because it's taking up all our energy. But honestly, there's other good things going on. You know, there are always other things in our life that are okay. Do you have food? You know, do you have a bed? Right. Um, right. You know, really knowing, and one of the exercises in my book, I'll have someone write down that fear and write down three positive ways it can manifest instead of the what if and going to the, Oh, what if, woe is me? You know, these four horrible ways that go to the three positive ways, you know, because we, we usually don't allow ourselves to go there. Maybe something wonderful will happen and present itself. So really just allowing for us to, to know that we are not, you know, we don't decide everything in every, we don't, Basically, we're not, um, we ha we're learning from every single experience. So as we go through that, our emotions are going to change. This is going to feel like a good day going through this. This is going to feel like a bad day, quote unquote, going through this. But we're on this journey and we're walking forward, you know, and giving ourselves the break, loving ourselves enough to know that it is a journey, you know, and every moment can be learned from. And sometimes it is those toughest moments that we learn the biggest and most amazing life lessons from. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, so the last thing kind of moves into this is T and that's trusting in your truth. And you're talking about these big moments to be learned from. And I really feel like these big moments, the worst thing that ever happened to us, all of that negative stuff does push us to know our truth more clearly than ever before. In your case, you went through a lot and it became your biggest blessing. How did that help you hone the knowledge of who you are and the truth of why you're on this planet and your mission and all of that? How did that come to pass? It definitely helped me see how we're all so similar with the self-love, with the self-worth, with the wanting to people please, with the judging the roles that we do. You know, uh, it's really, it was all of those things for me mm -hmm. of why my illness manifested. Mm -hmm. So when I came out of that and started to see what all healing modalities, you know, had in common or what even all religions have in common is that, that love, you know, yeah. like how do we love ourselves regardless? And it really kind of boils down to that, that self-worth and that self-love knowing that we're okay. And we're meant to live, we're meant to live a beautiful life. We're not meant to suffer. It's really getting through a lot of those 
old programs that we've been told and not only from our parents but from global consciousness you know life's hard all those sayings you think of like life's hard life sucks then you die like these are really not empowering sayings that no they're not (laughs) you know what do i believe that you know starting to really ask ourselves do we believe that and what is our truth and you know my truth was i was really hard on myself and wanted to give to people to a point where you know i wasn't helping myself i was definitely self-sacrificing so giving myself permission to really amplify that self-care and really take care of myself first so that I'm fulfilled, you know, and I can give to other people, but from a fulfilled place and also put healthy boundaries in place. A lot of times too, people will give out of obligation instead of with love, you know, and that's really not a good place to be giving from, you know, it's really, it's wonderful when we can give from that unconditional love. And for me, it was really learning about how to get to that space where I'm filled enough, where I'm always giving from that unconditional love space and not obligation. And if things start to feel like obligation, really looking at it and putting boundaries in place, you know, so I'm not sacrificing myself. Right. And also in terms of the receiver, if you were receiving something from somebody who is giving to you out of obligation, it's not great energy. (laughs) Oh, it's not great energy. And Lori, the hardest part for me on this journey was as we change, the people around us change. And it, you know, came with a lot of like almost guilt or am I judging people? But it really is, it's discernment because as our energy changes, we are attracting different people to us and knowing that we're, we're worthy of that. And it's not like we're judging someone by saying goodbye, you know, or setting healthy boundaries. But again, we just like you were saying, like, we don't want to show up to that person or that relationship, not a hundred percent in. Mm-hmm. You know, feeling like, oh, well, oh, really, I have to spend time with this person. You know, like, that's right. not a really healthy way to go into anything. We want to be 100% pure love, you know, in anything that we show up for. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, sometimes people will say, but I don't want to lose the people that I love, but <laughs> I don't want to, blah, 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 blah. And in my experience, and I'm curious if it's the same for you, the people that fall away, it's not like you have this confrontation and you say, I'm enlightened and you're not. And then it's this conflict. It's just that people slowly and naturally and comfortably leave your life in a way that is comfortable for both of you. Yeah, it is that. I mean, well, I'm sure you've dealt with clients too, though, that maybe have to put healthy boundaries in place with a relative or something like that. And you know, that can be very uncomfortable. But again, I, I try to tell my clients, like, if you're putting healthy boundaries in place, it doesn't always mean you're saying goodbye to the person forever. No, not at all. You know, it can be for now, you know, I'm taking my space, you know, I need to, like, learn and grow and navigate through this. And I do feel like, as you, you said, like, a lot of people do naturally fall away. Right. Um, and maybe they'll be introduced in your life and maybe not, but it does make room for other relationships to come in. Exactly. Which is brilliant. So where can listeners learn more about you and find out about some of your healing modalities and your ebook? Where can they, where can they find you? 
They can find me at jennymannion.com. So it's J-E-N-N-Y-M-A-N-N-I-O-N.com. Yeah, I have links there to my online class too. I had a book published by Llewellyn, Short Path to Change, My Healing Services. And I always actually offer free distance healing every month too. Oh, that's wonderful. So do they find that in your um, support group or how do, how, how do they? Yeah, they just find that on my website. Oh, perfect. I love that. Because I really encourage all of my listeners to, to reach out, to learn more. Whether or not you feel like you're qualified, like, oh, I'm not that sick. I don't need her. <laughs> it's flu season right now. Rachel, learn some things about your mind, about your spirit, about your body. These mindset things, you don't have to have stage four cancer. You can, you had mentioned this earlier, prevent some things from ever taking root in the first place. So listeners, I really do encourage you to reach out and to learn more and to just expand your consciousness, expand your awareness, whether it's for you, yourself your kids, your parents, your friends, or your family, just expand your mind a little bit, learn some more, and start thinking, like Jenny said earlier, thinking about some of the ways that you're speaking to yourself, thinking about where your mind has been, and just check yourself and see how it shifts in your own psyche. And then Jenny, this is a challenge. I'm giving you a challenge. (laughs) I would love for you taking everything that we've talked about to leave listeners with two different things. First is the number one thing I want you want them to walk away with. And second, I want you to tell them who you are exclusive of your labels, your roles, your scripts, your diseases, your healings, or your relationships with others? And I know that's a really big one. And I I think these are kind of two tough questions, but I'm really excited to hear. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Top takeaway and who you are exclusive of everything else. So the top takeaway is that you are deserving of a life of happiness and health, mind, body, and spirit level. And you are truly the only person that can give yourself permission to step into that. And it doesn't have to be hard. You can get tools today that will help you just start to make those shifts and get support and just know that you can step into the life that you deserve. I love that. I love that. And yes, just a resounding yes to all of that. It isn't that hard. It takes a little bit of effort and a little bit of reaching out, but it's easier than a lot of other things. (laughs) It's easier than being sick for seven years. It's easier than taking vitamins or drugs or doctor's appointments or surgery. It's easier than all of that. It's short. And yeah, it's easier than suffering. You know, it's easier to have hope. You know, it's really, you're inserting some hope into your life when you start these, these tools and it doesn't have to be meditating hours a day, little windows of time. Just start off gently with yourself. Insert hope. I like that. I'm going to write that down. I'm going to put that in the title of the show about inserting hope into your life. Beautiful. I 
like the second question's harder. Wow, you gave me all those things. <laughs> I know it's a really hard one, and really, my intention is to get to your essence, mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter to me, even if the words make sense. You know, if you're describing yourself as, because I describe myself as pink and sparkly and it doesn't really, <laughs> but that is just my inner essence, you know, as a spirit going forward, whether it's in different bodies and different lives, whether it's between bodies, I feel pink and sparkly mm. and I just, yeah, I'd love to learn more about your essence and who you are naked with everything stripped away? I feel, I mean, the first word that comes to me is love. I've always just love, love, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, lightness of being, joy, laughter. Those are just all things that fill me mm -hmm. and I feel like kind of define me. I like that. I like that. And what I picked up around you, if I may, just with my sure. intuitive stuff. Yeah. My intuitive sense around you is that you are this pure connection of energy. And oh. I see rays of energy coming in and going out and just moving through you in all different directions. Ooh, I love that image. I just got an image because I'm so big on the sun of like, a sparkly energy ball inside of me, like with the rays out in all directions. Yes, that's absolutely it. So thank you for allowing me to share that little, <laughs> that <you>. little <laughs> oh, well, listeners, um, Jenny Mannion, J-E-N-N-Y-M-A-N-N-I-O-N. Um, she's got great information on her website. You can check out her book. You can learn more. If you're driving or running and don't have your pen and your paper, I will put her information on my website. And I have done an amazing little interview with her in the Flaunt Flock Facebook group. So be sure to join the Flaunt Flock Facebook group and you can check out her information there as well. If you have any questions, Laura at LauraCheadle.com. Um, have an amazing day. Please reach out and talk. I think Jenny and I both are the same in that we would love to just reach out and chat and learn more about you and figure out what's going on and the ways that we can serve and educate and help. So listeners, have an amazing week. Jenny, thank you so much for being here. And thank you so much. Yeah, and if there's anything else you want to close with, feel free to jump on in and close. I just wanted to thank everyone for taking the time to listen and to encourage them to really just take that time today to do that extra kind, one thing that they love for themselves. I love that. I'm actually going to turn on some music and I'm going to do a little dance party break just for myself as soon as we're done here. <laughs> So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your journey. And listeners, as usual, don't forget to flaunt. Tune in next time to flaunt. Build your dreams. Live your sparkle with radio host Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. 
Come release self-judgment, reveal your naked self-worth, and re-choreograph a life filled with joy. Flaunt. Find your fetish, laugh out loud, accept unconditionally, navigate the negative, and trust in your truth. Find out more at laurachedle.com. That's L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E.com. 